this is what, ladies and gentlemen, this is what is going on here. This is what is going on. This is what the world doesn't understand. The world doesn't understand that God is not a genie. I've said this over and over and over again. And I've said this on countless occasions. But this, this is what the world doesn't understand. God is not a genie. God bless, ladies and gentlemen. God bless your brother Jesse Jarrell coming at you from North Carolina, USA. This is Christian Thoughts, a very special edition. Um, today we are not in our normal studio and in our in our normal radio broadcasting studio. Today. We are live on Facebook and we are doing a podcast exclusive. I, well, I don't know yet, actually, if it's a podcast exclusive, but it is something that I really want to talk about. And I cannot wait until Saturday to talk about this because God has this on my mind since yesterday. God has been having this on my mind since yesterday. And it's the fact that people don't understand that God is not a genie. That God is not magic. God is the almighty. God is the unstoppable. God is the God of the impossible. When God said he's going to do something, he doesn't back down from it. And when God says he's not going to do something, he also doesn't back down from that either. Got it. What are you talking about? What I'm talking about here, ladies and gentlemen, is the fact that when I say God is not a genie, I mean it. The Bible says in Matthew 6, verse 33, says, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Do you know what that means? That doesn't mean, ladies and gentlemen, that God is just going to poof things out of the sky. That's what people don't understand. That means that, ladies and gentlemen, your blessings will not come from nothingness. Your blessings are not going to come from just you wanting a blessing, just from you thinking you deserve a blessing. And I posted this on Facebook as a matter of fact today. I posted this quote and I posted this Bible verse and I said this. I said that God, God's blessings does not come from just you saying that you want a blessing. It does not come from this year starting and saying, oh, 2020 began, and so that means my new blessing is coming. That's not how it works. That is not how it works. What people don't understand, ladies and gentlemen, people think God is crazy. People think God is crazy, that they're going to just ask for something and it's going to poof out of the sky magically. That's not how it works. 
God, think of it like this. And I said this before, and I said this in another broadcast before, I know. But I unfortunately have to repeat myself. Because people are not getting it yet. The Bible says that, uh, the, the Bible says, as I said on Matthew 6.33, all these things will be added to you. So what does that mean? That means first we must follow him. First we must go to him. First we must follow his word and his commandments and what he what his word says. Before we can expect anything from him. God, ladies and gentlemen, put it like this. God is like a GPS. God is not a genie. God is more of a GPS than a genie. God is a GPS in the sense of where you want to go, where you, what you are praying for, what you are asking him for is coming. But you need to do the first step in following that GPS, in following his word, in following God. In order to receive your blessing. You need to create that first step. You need to put that first step. And what is that first step? That is following God entirely. No matter what. The GPS, it doesn't tell you when there's going to be traffic jams. The GPS doesn't tell you when there's going to be an accident on the road. The GPS doesn't tell you when there's going to be... You know, uh, a deer in the middle of the road just standing there. But sometimes there is. Sometimes there's a roadblock. Sometimes there's a deer. Sometimes there's an accident. Sometimes there's a traffic jam. But nonetheless, we follow the GPS. And that's exactly how God works, ladies and gentlemen. That's exactly God. God is not a genie, ladies and gentlemen. And I can't. I can't stress this enough. God is not a genie. No matter how hard we want him to be. No matter how much we wish he was. God is not a genie that we just put on a shelf somewhere. And I've said this before. On a shelf and just leave him there until we need him. Jada, you keep saying you said this before, you said this before. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this basically is telling me that we didn't listen the first time. And I count myself. I count myself into that. <coughs> Excuse me. I count myself into that we didn't listen the first time. And so I can't express this or stress this enough that God is not a genie that God is more of a GPS than a genie that God does not magically think magically make things happen he's not a magician he's not a genie he's not a, a, a fairy god parent if you will he's God my pastor with my father, of course. God bless him wherever he is. My father, who was my pastor, said this this past week. And he said something very, 
very on point and it made sense. People think that the creation, ladies and gentlemen, that the Bible, when the Bible talks about creation in the book of Genesis, people think that God did these things in seven days and and, in seven human days. People think that God uh, created everything in seven human days and not only that he created them, that he magically poofed them wherever they were going to be. No. God, ladies and gentlemen, God is the most powerful and most knowledgeable architect you've ever come to know you will ever come to know what does an architect do an architect ladies and gentlemen draws out the plants he draws out he or she draws out the schematics the blueprints if you will for what is going to be built what is going to be designed or what is going to the, the the design that's going to be built into concrete, into an actual building, into an actual place, into an actual house. God, ladies and gentlemen, is the best and most powerful and most knowledgeable architect you will ever know. And as the most powerful and most knowledgeable architect, he created blueprints. He had blueprints for everything he was going to create. He didn't just magically poof them everywhere. He didn't magically poof everything that is creation into existence. No. The Bible says it. The Bible says, if you read the book of Genesis, the Bible says before everything was created, before the flowers were planted, before the trees were planted, God had the schematics. And it doesn't say schematics, it says something else, but basically it's what it's saying. That God had a design for everything. That God had a plan for everything. That God had a motive, uh, had a, a, a... a blueprint for everything. God is not a genie. And just like he had a blueprint for everything he was going to create, God has the blueprints for everything that is going to be in your life. God has the design. God knows exactly what he is doing with your life. No one can comprehend the mind of God. The Bible says this. No one can understand the mind of God. No one can understand why God does the things that he does and allows the things that he allows. But the Bible also says that, ladies and gentlemen, God has everything in his plans. God has everything under control. God knows exactly what he is doing. It is not for us. It is not for men to comprehend God's mind. It is not for us as men to understand 
the will of God, the mind of God, because he is God, not we. We are not God. We are creation from God. So why must we always think that we have the right to comprehend or to understand what God does? And what God allows. The Bible says that ladies and gentlemen. No matter where we go. No matter what we do. If we are in the plans of God. Then sooner or later. God is going to. Pick us up from where we are. We can run. We can try to hide. But no one can see. I mean no one can hide. Excuse me. From the all seeing eye which is God. No one can hide. From the one that is everywhere. No one can run away from the from the one who is everywhere, who controls everything. No one. Sometimes we try to run away from God because we don't understand his purpose for us. Sometimes we try to run away from God because we don't understand why God needs us, really. Sometimes we try to run away from God because we don't want to be a part of God's plan. So we think we can hide from God. We think we can run away from God. We think that God is not going to be able to find us where we hide. But we forget. We forget that, ladies and gentlemen, everything under the sun is created by God. Everything under the sun is washed by God. Everything that is anything was created by God. Why? Because He had created nature. And he created the animals. And he created men. And men created houses and buildings and everything that we see. So everything, if you think about it, that was created from man was technically created by God. So what is the use? What is the use of us trying to hide? What is the use of us trying to run away from God's plan? And I know I'm off topic. But what is the use? Jadip, you say that, that God has everything in his plans. You say that God has everything under control, but what I see in my life is pure disaster. What I, dis- what I see in my life is that God is not listening to my prayer. What, God- what I see in my life is that God is ignoring my prayers. Well, ladies and gentlemen, 
It all goes back to what I said in the beginning. Are you following God? Are you following his word or are you just following the Bible verses that are beneficial for you at the time? That's what we as Christians do a lot, unfortunately. We use the Bible verses that are beneficial for us at the time. We use the Bible verse that says um, God is good. But we don't use the Bible verse that also says that he is a fire that consumes. We use the Bible verse that says um, that his blessings will come down. That his blessings will rain down upon us. But we don't want to use the Bible verse that says seek first the kingdom of God. As we said in the beginning. We use the Bible verses that are beneficial for us at the time. At the moment. But we don't want to use all of them. We don't want to use the Bible verse that offends other people. Because we want to be good. We want we don't want to offend anybody. We want to we want the whole world to love us, but we also want God to love us. Hmm. We want the whole world to be our friend, but we want God to be our our blessing, our provider for blessings. We forget that the Bible says friends of the world are enemies of God. The Bible says it, not me. A friend of the world is an enemy to God. So go ahead. If you want to be friends with everybody, if you don't want to offend anybody, because I promise you right now what I'm preaching today, what I'm preaching right now in this podcast version of Christian Thoughts, ladies and gentlemen, I promise you that I am offending a lot of people. God, ladies and gentlemen, God wants us to wake up. God wants us to wake up. God wants us to see what the world what is going on with this world? God wants us to follow Him. God doesn't want you to follow the blessings or find the blessing first. This is not a this is not a a, a game of 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 what you call this of hide the treasure. Or scavenger hunt. There it is. This is not a scavenger hunt for blessings. Where you find the blessing first and then you find God. Mm -mm. You have to follow God first. Follow God first and then you'll find the blessing. Then you will reap the blessing. Follow the GPS that is God. You know, everything in nature can be can be uh, uh, compared to what is in the Bible for us to follow. 
That's why God created nature. That's why God shows us nature. Because he wants us to follow figuratively what is happening in nature for our spiritual Christian lives. And when I say nature, I mean everything. What man created, what God created. Man created a GPS. For I can say this today, for I can talk about this today. God is like a GPS. All you have to do is follow. Yes, there will be traffic jams. Yes, there will be an accident along the way. Yes, there will be problems along the way. Yes. I'm not saying that God is the GPS that's going to take you away from all of that. From all your, your problems. That all your problems will magically disappear. That is not what I'm saying here, ladies and gentlemen. Because a, a, a preacher who says that come to God and all your problems will go away. Huh. Not a preacher who preaches the word. Not a preacher who really preaches the real word of God. Because I promise you... Come to Jesus, I'm not going to promise you all your problems go away. But I will promise you they will be lighter. I will promise you that Jesus will help you with them. I will promise you that, ladies and gentlemen, God will give you the answers of how to cope, of how to comprehend. And deal with your problems. I'm not going to promise you. I'm not promising you that all your problems will go away. Because just like a GPS. The GPS is not going to tell you. Ladies and gentlemen. That there will be traffic jams. And and pile ups. and, And a deer in the road. All the GPS tells you is where you are. And what your destination will be. And that's God. Follow God. He tells you where you are and where your destination will be. All you have to do is follow. All you have to do is go past those traffic jams, past that deer in the road. You ask and you pray and you seek God's face. And I promise you those Problems, those traffic jams will be much easier to deal with. But God is not a genie who's going to magically poof all your problems away. God is not a genie that we can just uh, ignore him half the time and then when we need him, come to him in prayer. Ignore him for half of our lives. But when we need him, when something bad happens, that's when we go to God. Put him on the shelf and leave him there until I need him. No, that's not God. That's a genie. That's a genie in a bottle. That's not my God. My God says that if you follow him, 
follow me. Come to me. Jesus said, come to me and I will give you rest. God says, if you follow him and seek his face first, all these things will be added to you. All these blessings will be added to you. First, the kingdom. Second, the kingdom. Third, the kingdom. Which is... Which goes against... Everybody that says, oh, it's not always God, God, God. As a matter of fact, yes it is, ladies and gentlemen. God is should always be first, second, third, and sometimes even fourth. It is God, God, God all the time because if it wasn't, you would not be here. If it wasn't for God, you would not be listening to this. If it wasn't for God, you would not have the podca- the, the the capability of a podcast or of of some headphones or of a laptop or of a computer or of a phone for you to be listening to this. You wouldn't even have the capability to listen. You wouldn't have the blessing of audio. If it wasn't for God, ladies and gentlemen, a lot of what you have, a lot of what you know would not exist. Everything that you know would not exist if it wasn't for God. There wasn't no other religion. No, Every other religion talks about their own God, but there's only one true God. And this God does not come from a store this not this god does not come from wood this not this god does not come from gold this god you cannot see but you have to believe that he is the bible says all those that love god should and have to believe that he is that he is what that he is real That he is in existence. So why can't I see God? You're probably thinking, Jared. Why why can't I see God? Why Why can't God show himself to me? God shows himself every single day. You just gotta see the sign. God shows himself in a smile of a small child. God shows himself, ladies and gentlemen, in the flowers blooming. In the trees waving in the wind. God shows himself, ladies and gentlemen, in in the waves of the ocean. God shows himself by, by this world. By this universe staying where it is and not floating in space or floating to another 
destination in space and just staying put. God shows himself by this world turning and us not being dizzy. God shows himself in so many different ways, ladies and gentlemen. We just got to see it. We just got to look for it. God shows himself every single day for me. When I look at my wife and my two girls, my two daughters. When I look at their smile, when I look at their love for me, God shows himself. But, you're probably thinking, Jadid, that is not what I meant. I meant, why have, can I not see God physically? And I'll tell you why. Because God's majesty, God's power, God's glory is way too much for any man for any being to see and live. Anybody that says, I see, I have seen the face of God. Hmm. They may have seen the face of God through Jesus Christ in the Bible. Because the prophets... And I'll tell you this, and then this is a little bit off topic, but the prophets in the Bible thought they saw God's face when really they saw Jesus' face. The angel of God, the angel of the Lord was Jesus before he was Jesus, before he was named Jesus. Because the Bible says no one the Bible says that even Jesus said himself, no one has ever seen the Father. No one. If, the, if Jesus says himself, ladies and gentlemen, that no one has seen the Father, and this is after the prophets say that they have seen the face of God, or that they have seen God himself, or that they have seen the Father, and Jesus says that no one has seen the Father, what does that put the prophets as liars? No. Where does that put Jesus? As a liar? No. Because the prophets thought they saw the face of God, but really what they saw was the face of the Son, Jesus. They saw the glory of God in the face of the Son, Jesus. They saw, ladies and gentlemen, the power of God and in creation. Because the Bible says... Everything was created by him and for him. Jesus. Jesus was the one who created all these things by the commandment, by the, by the inspiration of God, of the Father. So no one, as Jesus said, no one has seen the Father. No one has seen God. And no one can see God and live. No one can see the Father, God, and live. 
So, this is why we don't see God. Because if we were able to see God, the Bible would be a lying book. The Bible would not have truth in it. If we were able to see the face of the Father, the Bible itself would have no point. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time. It is time for the church to follow God. It is time for us to follow God. Not only for the blessings at the end. Not only for getting to heaven at the end. But follow God because he knows what he is doing. Follow God because if we don't. If we don't start following God now. If we don't stop uh, start doing what he wants us to do now. It will be too late. If we don't start doing what he wants us to do. It will be too late for us. It will be too late. Eventually, ladies and gentlemen, God, and and very soon, Jesus is going to come back. And just like he asked those men with the talents, with the talents, with the coins, in the parable, parable that Jesus told his disciples what have you done with the talents that I gave you what have you done with the with the money that I gave you he's gonna act the same thing to us what have you done with what I taught you what have you done with what I told you to do and we're gonna say nothing You really want to say, I didn't do nothing with what you gave me? Because remember what the Bible says. The man who did nothing, the man who hid his talent and did nothing with it, was sent to the punishing place. The place where there was no mercy. If you don't believe me, it's in the Bible. As a matter of fact, it's in Matthew. Matthew 25, verse 14 to 30. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but let us read a little bit of what it says. We can we can uh, uh, refresh our memories. Because we do not want to go what to... We do not want to go through what these men went through. Matthew 25, 14. The kingdom of heaven again can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called his servants and entrusted excuse me, his money to them while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver. Another version says five talents. To one, two bags of silver. To another, and one bag of silver to the last. Right. <laughs> Okay, I read that wrong. So, he gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last. 
And as we read on and we read on, and the Bible says that the master was happy with the first two because they invested their money. They invested the silver into more silver, into more money. The first two got double of what they were given in the first place. And of course, the Bible says that he said, well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount. So now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. That's the New Living Translation. Another version says, the New King James, the New King James Version says of that same thing. It says, um, it said, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. But then, verse 24, read this. It says, Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you had to be a hard man reaping when you have not sown and gathering you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. And that's going to be us. That's going to be a few of us, unfortunately. We're going to say, I hid your talent because I was afraid. I hid your talent because I knew that that, that people were going to go against me because of my talent. I hid your talent. I hid the talent that you gave me because I knew and I was afraid that people were going to go, that people were going to criticize me, that people were going to offend me, and that I was going to offend people. Verse 27. When the Lord, when his Lord, when his master heard this, he says, you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers and at my coming I would have received back my own with interest. Therefore, take the talent from him and give it to him who has 10 talents. In other words, the Bible says that the person who had only one talent got taken away, got that talent taken away, got that silver coin taken away, and it was given to the man who had 10. Remember, the man who had 10 was the one who had five in the beginning, and the Lord, or their master, gave them double. So the man who had 10 now has 11. For to everyone who has more, more will be given and he will have abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the unprofitable servant into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Do you see what I mean, ladies and gentlemen? We do not want to be like that man with that one talent who did nothing. Some of us have five. Some of us have six. Some of us have more than one talent. And this time I'm talking about talents. The talents that God gave us to do. The the talents that God gave us for his glory. 
people are using their talents into the world. And I know I'm off topic and I know this is a whole different topic and I apologize. But I have to say this. People are using their talents for the world and for fame and for glory. For their own fame and glory. But God gave us our talents for his glory. For us to save souls. For us to win souls for his for his kingdom. And some of us are hiding our talents. Some of us are, are too afraid to show the talents that we have. Some of us are afraid to preach. Some of us are afraid to pastorize or, or, or pastor. Some of us are afraid to sing. Some of us are afraid to do what God wants us to do. And I talked about this on Saturday. Those who were listening on Saturday know what I'm talking about. I talked about that we should not be afraid. That we should not be afraid of doing anything for God. Because God did not give us the spirit of fear, but the spirit of love, of power, and of of self-confidence, and of self-control. God gave us the power, I mean the, the, the spirit of power, number one. This I couldn't speak on, I wanted to speak on on Saturday, but I didn't have the time. This being the podcast version... I now have the time. <laughs> but number one, God gave us the spirit of power. The power to do what he wants us to do. The power to win souls. The power to cast out demons. The power to cast out sicknesses, ladies and gentlemen. I'm talking to somebody. Praise God. This might be a long podcast version, but I'm talking to somebody. God gave us power, number one. He gave us love, the spirit of love, to love one another, to love our neighbors, to love the ones who are not loved, to love the ones who don't feel loved, to show them love. Santo eres Dios. To show them love, to show them mercy, to show them uh, uh, grace. And here we are, Pounding down the ones who are already on the ground. Man, I have so much to say in this podcast. (laughs) Here we are pounding down the ones who are already downtrodden, the ones who are already on the ground, the ones who are already, ladies and gentlemen, fallen instead of helping them. Instead of helping them, we are bashing them even more. Instead of helping them, we are continuously destroying them even more. God did not give us the spirit of hate, but of love. We should show them mercy. We say no because he he fell, and so because he fell, he's no longer a Christian. What? Who gave you that right? Because he fell, he's no longer in the grace of God. What? Do you hear yourself? 
He's fallen from the grace of God. She has fallen from the... I'm sorry. Are you God? Are you God? For you to be saying he or she has fallen from the grace of God. Who are you to be saying that? Who are you? Who are we to be saying that have, uh, that anybody has fallen from the grace of God just because they fell? No. The Bible does not say that. The Bible says seven times the just will fall and seven times. Santo Dios. Jesus, you are worthy. Seven times the just will fall and seven times God will lift them up. Not bash him more into the ground. Seven times the just will fall. Eight times. God will lift him up. And I say eight. Because seven times he falls. That means God has lifted him up seven times before. If he falls seven times... One more time, God has to lift them up. That's eight times. Proverbs 24, 16. If you don't believe what I am saying. If you don't believe that people... Do not fall from the grace of God because of what we say. Proverbs 24, 16. New King James Version. For a righteous man may fall seven times and rise again, but the wicked shall fall by calamity. The righteous. A righteous, the godly may trip. New, New Living Translation says the godly may trip seven times, but they will get up again. But one disaster is enough to overthrow the wicked. This, ladies and gentlemen, sets us apart from the wicked, from what the Bible calls the wicked, from the evil people. From the people that are not godly, from the people that are not just. We as Christians... Are supposed to be godly. We as Christians are supposed to be just. We as Christians are supposed to be, ladies and gentlemen, the good ones of this world. We are not supposed to be bashing our brother or sister who has already fallen seven times, eight times, nine times. No. Because they will fall seven times, but God will lift them up again. They will fall seven times. But one time is bad enough for a person that is wicked. Do you see the difference? Do you see the difference? It is different because the wicked, the evil, the people who have no heart, the people who have no justice. For them they will fall once. And that's enough for them. 
And they're not going to come back. But the people who do come back, the people who maybe, let's say, ladies and gentlemen, let's say the people, let's say a Christian, man or woman, doesn't matter, a Christian falls and says, I'm done, and never comes back. That's what the Bible calls the wicked. Because they were Christian for a time, but they fell once. And they stayed in the world. And they stay in the world. They never come back. That's what the Bible is calling the wicked. But those, ladies and gentlemen, who do come back, who try again, those are the godly because they know what they did was wrong. They know that they tripped, but they want to get up again. Those are the ones that the Bible calls the godly, the just, the righteous. Because they fell seven times. They fell three, four, five, six, seven times. But they keep trying and they keep trying and they keep trying to do what's right. That is what God, what, what God calls the just. What the Bible calls the just. What the Bible calls the righteous, the godly. But those who fall and say, I'm done, and just quit, and never fall, and never try to rise up again, those, unfortunately, what the Bible calls the wicked, the evil, the unjust. So, ladies and gentlemen, that's number two. God did not give us the spirit of fear, but the spirit of love, number one, or number two, and power, number one. Number three, self-control. Self-control, no, self-discipline, excuse me. Self-discipline. This is all in Second Timothy Chapter 1 verse 7. Self-discipline. What's that mean? It means, ladies and gentlemen, that we, that God gave us the spirit to control ourselves, to discipline ourselves, to show ourselves how to live right, how to live for God. God gave us that spirit. God gave us the spirit of self-discipline, of self-control. We must learn how to use it. We got to learn how to use the self-discipline that God gave us, the self-control that God gave us. We must learn how to control our emotions. We must learn how to control our flesh. We must learn how to control, ladies and gentlemen, our own self. Discipline our own self. Discipline our own selves to follow the word of God. Discipline our own selves to do what God wants us to do. Discipline our own selves to, instead of bashing that person that's on the ground, lift him up. Help him up. Help him continue in the path of God. 
God has not called us to be in fear. God has not called us to hate. God has not called us to to fool around and do what we want. No. Because that's not self-discipline. That's not love. That's not power. We must excuse me, remember what God called us to do. We must remember what God called us for. People think that we can be Christians and still fool around. We can be Christians and still, you know, have a few beers, go to the bar, go to the club, still be a Christian on Sunday. No, that's not how it works, ladies and gentlemen. People think that we can just follow the word of God on Sunday and then on Monday go back to the club and to the bar. People think that God's blessings are going to come no matter what I do and no matter where I am and no matter how I act. Finally, going back to the topic. <laughs> no matter what I do, no matter what, where I am or how I act, my blessing, my blessings from God are going to come either way. Uh-uh. No, ma'am. No, sir. I'm sorry to say, you can't, you cannot, you cannot act like a fool and still say that you're a Christian. You cannot act like a, 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 as we call in Spanish, inconverso, a ungodly person. A person without Jesus in their life. You cannot act like the world and still say you're a Christian. We cannot talk like the world and still call ourselves Christians. We cannot use the language that the world uses, that the world uses. We cannot use the things that the world uses. We cannot say the things that the world say and still call ourselves Christians. And it's not how it works. Not how it works. We must continue down a godly path. A godly path. The Bible says from the abundance of the heart Speaks the mouth. If you have nothing but bad things in your heart, that's what you're going to speak about. That's what you're going to talk about. For example, for example, me, before I was Christian. Before I was a, a, a pastor, or a, well, not pastor, but a minister. Before I was a preacher. My heart had nothing 
but lust and sex and 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 things that that's all I knew. Lust and sex and girls. And because of that, that's all I knew what to talk about. Because of that, I was a player. Because of that, that's all I knew. Oh, what I did yesterday. What who I did with yesterday. What 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 I did when I did it. Why I did it. From the abundance of the heart speaks the mouth. So if you have nothing but evil, wicked things in your heart, that's what your mouth is going to talk about. That's what you're going to be thinking and talking about all day. But it goes for the same thing today. Me now as a Christian. Now as a child of God. I love nothing more than to talk about God. I love nothing more than to talk about the Bible. I love nothing more than to talk about the Word of God. I told this to my wife last night. It was like at one, we were awake like at 1 o'clock in the morning because I got off at 12 a.m. from my job. We were awake just talking about the Bible. And I told her I can talk about this all night. Because that's where my heart is. That's what my heart has. Is the Bible. And love. And God. So ladies and gentlemen. We must remember. We must remember. We must follow the word of God first. And then the blessings come. And then everything else comes like clockwork, as they say. You cannot. You cannot say on Monday, I mean on Sunday, I'm a child of God. And then on Monday, oh, I'm a gangster. I do this. I go to the club. I go do. I go here and there. And I drink and I smoke and I do drugs. No. Because wherever your heart is, that's what you were talking about. Wherever your heart is, that's where your treasure is. That's where, or I think I said that actually backwards. Wherever your treasure is, that's where your heart is. Whatever you love the most, that's what you think about. If you love... Uh, uh, the club and clubbing and partying more than church then you are not going to think about God at, even at church you can talk about God all on, on Facebook all you want you can talk about God on social, on, on, on social media all you want but if your heart if what you say on Monday does not coincide with what you said on Sunday about God and what you say on Monday about the club and about partying and about being gangster is all you talk about the rest of the week, then what you said on Sunday about God is not going to go with your personality, my friend. It is not going to coincide with each other. Talk about God on Sunday all you want. 
But God knows what you really have in your heart. God knows the, the, the depths of your heart. God knows you more than you know yourself. You can, you can, you can make a fool out of everybody else. But you can never, ever make a fool about God or on God. You can never trick God. You can never make a fool out of God because God knows everything. God knows what, what you're going to say before you even say it. God knows what you're going to think before you even think it. So there is no point in trying to trick yourself to think that you're tricking God. Because you're not. What you say on Sunday about God should always coincide with what you say about the rest of the week about God. Because it is, contrary to popular belief, it is God, God, God all the time. Because God is the one that woke you up in this, this morning. God is the one that made you who you are today. God is the one that allowed you to listen to this podcast. God is the one that allowed you to listen to anything at all. Who didn't, uh, who didn't allow you to be deaf today. Who didn't allow you to be blind today. Not everybody can say that. We take our blessings for granted. But that's a whole other story. I'm not going to get into that right now. Been talking for an hour, ladies and gentlemen. But this is what God wanted me to say. We need to follow the word of God. We need to start following the word of God. We need to start doing what God wants us to do. And not always think about the blessings at the end. Because no matter how hard you want them, the blessings will never come if you don't have God first. Like I said before, the blessings will never come just because you just because you are wanting a blessing for the new year. That's not how it works. That is not how it works. Blessings will come. When you seek the kingdom of God first. Blessings will come. When you seek God's face. Well Jadip you already said that. I can't see God's face. That's not what I mean. I don't mean literally seek God's face. And look for God's face physically and literally. I mean seek God's face as in. Seek him. Find him. Find a relationship with God. Try to have a relationship with with God that should be first second and third and then the rest of your life fine your wife your spouse your husband your kids fine but God is first God is always first and foremost above everything else everything So, finally, this has been Christian Thoughts. If this 
podcast has been a blessing to you. If you, if any of these uh, subtopics, besides the original topic, has touched your life and you want to accept Jesus in your life today, we encourage you to do so. Remember, follow God. Do not follow man. Man, we are imperfect, but God is perfect. God is perfect in every way. Do not compare man's mistakes to God. Do not ever compare man to God. No matter what man does, that is not God. Sometimes men can be evil. Sometimes men can be barbaric. But God is not that. God is love and God loves you, my friend. It doesn't matter what denomination, what religion you are originally from. If you have a religion, if you don't have one, God still loves you. God gave his son, Jesus Christ, for you. Gave his son and and sent him to the cross of Calvary to die for you and resurrect on the third day to give you life. To give you life in abundance. Jesus lives and Jesus lives for you. God lives and God loves you. Because he loves you. He gave his son. Because he loves you. He he put away all his glory. He put away all his glory for 30 years to come to this earth as a human and die for you on the cross. But because he was God, he was able to resurrect on the third day. And with that resurrection, he gave us the key. He gave us the key to life in abundance, to life eternal, to eternal life. God loves you, my friend. God does not hate anybody. God does not hate no matter what you are or what you do. God does not hate you. Contrary to popular belief. People say God hates this and God hates that and God hates these kinds of people or that kinds of people. God does not hate no one. God loves everyone. God does not agree with what they do. But he does love everyone. So will you accept him in your heart today, my friend? Just do this small some more simple prayer. Say, dear Jesus, I thank you for coming in, for for coming to Earth and dying for me on the cross. I thank you for everything you have done for me. I thank you for all creation. I thank you for your love, because I do not deserve it. I thank you for loving me. I thank you for taking care of me until today. I ask that you come into my life. Be my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. My friend, if you've done this small, simple prayer, we as Christians believe that you have been born again 
We as Christians believe that God has forgotten and forgiven every single sin that you have ever committed and thrown it into the sea of forgetfulness. And that you are a new creation, that you are a new creature. Get into a good Bible-based Christian church today, my friend. And make God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. All one God. Your number one priority. The number one reason why you live. Make God first. In everything. In every decision you make. Pray pray about it first. In every decision. In every aspect of your life. Put God first. Once again. This has been Christian Thoughts. May God bless your day, your night, and the rest of your week. Thank you guys so much for listening, and God bless. Brother Jesse Chab, ladies and gentlemen, once again with you, reminding you that if you want to support this podcast, you can do so by emailing us at jadep2318 at gmail.com. Tell us what you like about the podcast, tell us what you don't like about the podcast, and even give your own topics for the show. And as well, you can also support us by going to facebook.com slash christianthoughts1350, that's christianthoughts1350, and pressing the like button and just as well you can go to anchor.fm slash jct press the support this podcast button and follow the instructions that way you can support this podcast monetary wise so if you want to support this podcast once again go to jadab2318 at gmail.com email us there or go to facebook.com slash christian thoughts 1350 christian thoughts 1350 and pressing the like button or go to anchor.fm slash jct, press the support this podcast button, follow the instructions, and you will be supporting us in a monetary fashion. So from all of us here at Christian Thoughts, may God bless your day, your night, and the rest of your week.